super well it is here it is here it is here it is here it is week one we are we are done with all the sleepers bust rankings draft rankings all that stuff and we are actually we we have matchups to talk about we have games to talk about kev your kate your kc chiefs kicking things off on thursday what an awesome match that that has the, the highest over under on the week as well so Man, there's just there's so many thoughts running through my head. We were just super pumped to to get get this kicked off with you guys. We apologize for for starting a little bit late here. Uh, my brain cells, I think I left them in Maryland. Took a little trip with you know a couple of my close buddies and families, and uh, tried to do the whole the whole day drinking thing. And that uh, my body is like. It was, uh, man, I didn't even like, thank God our children were there. So like my, my buddy had a five, has a five-year-old daughter. There was another, my, my son was obviously with us. He's going to be two. My other buddy has a, has a daughter who was two. There was a, there was a, a kid who was under a year old. So thank God those babies were there to keep us in check. Cause I'm sure there, there would have been a lot more, there would have been a lot more damage done, but like it, it was, it was more than enough. And like my, like I said, my, my brain cells, they're, they're evaporated. They're gone somewhere. So we were knocking some rust off. We did the week one uh, waiver. So be sure to be look on, on the, on the lookout for that. We, we, we just recorded that probably should have jumped on this first, but Hey, week one's here. That that's the only thing that matters. We're here with you now. We appreciate all you guys that are, that are rocking with us. Even CJ Lang, I mean, uh, who, who, who's that turd? I don't know who that is, but he's in here talking about Zimas. I was straight smearing off ice, homie. That, that's that's what I was down there drinking, not you Zimas. You uh, White Claw on it? No laws on the claws, baby. <laughs> hey, but it's week one. Let's fucking go. Like, I, I've been waiting for this. Like, I'm so tired of talking about drafts and ADP and it's it's fun. It's great to do. But we are finally fucking here. The real thing yes. is fucking here. We didn't think we were gonna make it. You asked a couple months ago. I think we were all been on like I don't know if we're gonna get a season. Yeah. Here we are. We're gonna fucking get it. With you know. Uh, so I, I'm fucking excited. The Chiefs play on fucking Thursday night rematch of 
what was that, the divisional game where the Chiefs were down and then they came back and just dropped the fucking hammer on the Texans. So, yeah. uh, you know, we're going to start off with the bang. But, you know, if not, make sure you're hitting that subscribe, that like button, because we are going to be crushing it this year with all the content. We got this. We're going to be doing every normally every Wednesday night. But, you know, Cody, who goes, who goes on vacation, first of all? Week one of the season. Who goes? N nobody, but he is. So uh, we had to move some things around. We have the DFS pod that we're going to be doing every week as well. We're actually going to be doing that this week on Tuesday. We'll go live tomorrow night for DFS, talking about week one. So regardless, hit that like, hit that subscribe button, because we're winning championships. And let's start. Let's just start right off, right? Let's just get right into it. So let's start with the quarterback position. Start or sit. Where are you at this week on the quarterback position? So the way that we are going to roll this year, if you're if you're new to the TFA airwaves, first of all, thank you for joining us. But we're not going to waste your time and go through and talk about like, huh, are you going to be playing Lamar Jackson this week? We're we're not going to waste your time with that. If you drafted one of those guys early, you damn well better be better be starting them. So we're going to go a little bit deeper at these positions and talk about guys who you might actually be making decisions on, maybe some guys who you're not really thinking about right now. So for quarterback, we're going to go outside of the top 12 according, and I'm going to be kind of rattling these off based off of fantasy pros consensus that they have right now. So kicking things off, Cam Newton versus Miami. Obviously, that's a good matchup. We're not really entirely sure what that offense is going to look like. So I'm excited to see that just from, from Cam's perspective and what New England is going to be doing with him. So I, I, I do like that matchup. Jared Goff, we were just talking about him on the waiver pod. He's only 41% rostered in ESPN leagues going up against Dallas. That's going to be a – I think that's the, the second highest over-under on the on week one slate. So I like that one as well. Matt Stafford, we, you know, if you've been paying attention to us at all, he's someone we've been high on going up against uh, Chicago. Jimmy Garoppolo also has an interesting matchup against Arizona. That defense still still has a long way to go. Aaron Rodgers at Minnesota, he might be a guy that I'm I'm kind of that I'm fading for this week just because I I, I don't I don't know what that offense is going to look like. The, the the Vikings defense isn't what it used to be, but with just Devontae Adams, I, I'm I'm really not sure. A guy that you might have drafted as your QB one who I would absolutely be setting sitting this week is Daniel Jones going up against Pittsburgh on Monday night. You can definitely grab one of these guys that you know I just rattled off. I'd much rather start Newton, Goff, some of those guys over Daniel Jones. Uh, some of the um, for for week one, this is normally a a kind of tip dipping the toes in the water because we're not really sure what these teams are going to look like. And that is that that is times 10 with all the COVID stuff, no preseason, nothing at all. We have no idea what these teams are going to look like against other teams. They've only been practicing against themselves, obviously. So there's not really anyone that jumped out to me, especially with anyone that you drafted, you know, relatively early or as your QB one outside of Daniel Jones that I'm really looking at as someone that you need to sit. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, another interesting option going up against the Las Vegas Raiders. So, those are kind of the guys that, that I'm looking at. Gardner Minshew, Derek Carr even going up against Carolina and that trash, trash defense. Eli Apple was just placed on IR for the Panthers. So that's going to be, you know, even making things easier on opposing offenses. 
Kev, is there who who are you looking at in terms of someone that you are higher on versus consensus, or somebody that you were thinking about sitting at quarterback this week? Well, I totally lockstep agree with Daniel Jones. I don't think you play him this week. This is not the ideal matchup to be playing him in. I think that somebody that I am very interested in this week is Jimmy Garoppolo, whether that's in season long, whether that's in DFS. In DFS, he's only 5,800, you know, going against Arizona. If you look at Jimmy Garoppolo and his two starts last year, he had 750 yards and eight touchdowns in his two matchups against the Cardinals. Like you mentioned, the Cardinals' defense has not really gotten any better. I know there's some concern with that offense, but if you look at it, sounds like Debo Samuel is going to be good to go for week one. Brandon Ayuk could possibly be. So I think they're going to have most of their weapons there, George Kittle. So I love Jimmy Garoppolo week one. Their early season schedule is really nice. I think he is a borderline QB1 this week. Big Ben, he is tough to trust because of the fact that we just haven't seen him. We haven't got to watch any preseason action, and all we've gotten is is, uh, training camp reports. But by all accounts, he looks like Big Ben, the guy that, that, uh, you know, his, his arm is still intact. He's not dead. You know, he's coming off the Tommy John surgery from last year. So it, they said that, you know, he has that zip on his on his ball. So if he does, and I think going against the Giants, which is a defense that I'm not really all that concerned with, I think Big Ben is certainly a consideration of somebody that I would definitely be playing this week. So for me, it's Big Ben. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. I like Jared Goff. I think Derek Carr is definitely in play at Carolina. I think the last time I looked, they were like a one-point favorite on the road. So I like Jer- or I like Derek Carr as somebody that I would be targeting. I'm a little lower on Matt Stafford this week, just going against that Chicago defense. Um, yeah. They are at home. But um, I love Matt Stafford season long. But just for this one week, I'm not as high on him this week. I think there's just some better options. And, you know, for me, you know, if you wanted to play Teddy Bridgewater, if you had him, you know, fine. I think you could go there, you know. But for me, I think it's those guys. And those guys are all pretty widely available in most leagues. So, you know, if you were, you know, wanting to make a decision, you know, if you had a Daniel Jones, I would probably sit him this week for some of those guys. What do you think about Deshaun Watson obviously going up against your Chiefs? It, obviously, if you, if you drafted him, you drafted him relatively early. Is he somebody that you would debate sitting – and possibly picking up, you know, one of the guys that we just talked about, Goff or, you know, somebody like that. Because as, as I'm looking at the, you know, the consensus rankings here, like I said, from Fantasy Pros, he's really the only one that, like, sticks out to me as, like, a, as like a maybe. I personally wouldn't be too worried about it, especially because of the, the amount of points that it, that game looks like it's going to potentially be set up to be. But he's, he's really the only one out of the, out of the top quarterbacks who you probably spent early capital on that, like, I'm like, you know, kind of wishy-washy on. Yeah, no, I wouldn't set up. Like, I think that uh, the Chiefs defense is good. It's not great. It is, um, it's not a defense that's going to be shutting a lot of teams down, okay? It, it does enough to keep them in the game, and obviously they rely on their offense to, to do most of the work. The defense can definitely, or the offense can definitely, or excuse me, the defense, fuck, uh, can, you know, create turnovers. They still have Chris Jones. They still have Frank uh, Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew in the backfield. You know, they're getting Juan Thornhill back from uh, at safety, who they did not have last year. But other than that, their secondary is still a little bit of a question mark. They're not going to have Rashad Breland, who is their starting corner for the first four weeks because of um, he's up, uh, from a suspension. So, you know, it's Charvarius Ward. It's Rashad Fenton. So, yes, this I would not be sending Deshaun Watson in this matchup. I think this has 38 to 31 type, type of look on it. So, yeah, uh, 
this is the matchup. I wish it was on the main slate because uh, of DFS because this this would be the the number one targeted uh, game. It's not. I think the game that probably stands out the most, at least in terms of just over under for this week, is probably honestly it's that that Seattle um, Atlanta game. That that game is going to have a lot of fantasy goodness in it. So, but you're starting Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson. So I mean, obviously that you're you're not breaking any news with that one. Yeah, we had a question with uh, the quarterbacks, Big Ben or Russ Wilson. I'm, I'm I'm going Russ there. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. You're not even yeah. It's Russ. I mean Russ. That game, that, like I said, that game is going to be insane. Um, it's definitely 100% Russ, and that that's a situation I wouldn't own Big Ben. Like you have Russell Wilson. Like Russell Wilson, regardless of whether you think that Russ isn't going to cook this year, that they're not going to allow him to. The dude is still the most efficient quarterback in the league, and is gonna is, is gonna ball. So, and as we transition here over to running back, we did have a question from Frank U seventeen J K Dobbins or Gallup PPR. I'm going Gallup there. That the matchup set sets up to be really nice for Dallas versus uh, the Rams, like I was just saying. And we're not entirely sure of J K Dobbins' role in that offense. It kind of seems like Mark Ingram is. Still going to get the the line share at the beginning of the year anyway. That can obviously change, um, but that that's where I'm going to go. That that one to me is relatively easy, and I'm going Gallup. Kev, do you uh, do you have any any uh, differing opinion? Yeah, hundred percent. Like J.K. Dobbins is something that I love for later in the year. Like I don't think he's going to have yeah. a huge role early. Uh, I think he's still going to get touches. I know he was listed on the depth chart as the fourth running back today. That when their unofficial depth chart came out. Do not even care about that. Do not worry about that. If I was somebody in a league and I thought people, the fancy, the the owner of J.K. Dobbins was worried about that, I would be sliding right in to try to, to hey, I'll take him off your hands if you don't want him. Because I think by the end of the year, I think he's the lead back. So, and I think next year he's probably a top ten running back going in drafts. Our guy Josh Twenter also jumped in. He needs two of these guys. Who are you taking? We're looking at Gibson going up against Philly, Chark against the Colts. Uh, Fuller going up against your Chiefs, Cup or Gallup? What two of those are you are you taking? Yeah, those are good. Uh, it's a good problem to have. I think for right now, I'm going to put Gibson to the side because I think you have some guys on that team who you can feel a lot better about knowing what their role is going to be for sure. Man, that's a. I'm going Will Fuller for sure. Like I think he's. I like. I don't know. That's so tough because I. I, w- I also want to say Cup and Sharp. But I think that Will Fuller could, I mean, smash this week against the Chiefs. Um, I yeah, I think I think while he's healthy, you play Will Fuller. Maybe you get that one week out of him, and then you know you can you can at least gather up those points. But so no I, way, I, there's no way I would I, I would say that I say that to say this. So there's no way that I could sit Cooper Cup, regardless whether it's against Dallas or, or uh, not that I'm worried about that matchup. And then Chark against Indy, I. I can't sit Chark either, so I would have to be uh, Cooper Cup or Chark, but man, that's tough. Uh, if there's like a flex option or anything like that, I would probably consider putting Fuller there. Man, that's that's tough. Are already stumping us right off the, the first one, man. Um, give me – oh, boy. Give me Fuller, and then I, I, I got to go Cup there. As much as I want to play Chark, that's, that's a super difficult decision. I, I think I have to go – cup there but man that that is that is tough all right one more question before we jump into the running backs alik alikos alikos sorry if i'm messing that up man 
Uh, I need to start two full PPR in his flex. Jonathan Taylor, Devontae Parker, Deshaun Jackson, Deontay Johnson, or Tariq Cohen? I'm going Devontae Parker and Deshaun Jackson. You going with that revenge game narrative with uh, with D-Jack's just going to smash against? <laughs> well, he did it last year, right? This yeah, he did. And he, he did. Yeah, 100 yards, two touchdowns. But that's not really so much that. It's just that I just don't think that – that there, there's going to be so many – well, they don't have as many options this week. You know, we, we already – you know, Jalen Rager is not going to be there. Um, you know, Alshon Jeffrey obviously is not playing. So, like, he's going to be probably the number one wide receiver with Greg Ward on the other side. So, you know, obviously Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard are going to be there. But, like, Deshaun Jackson is going to cook in this game. And there's nobody in that Washington, that Washington secondary that I'm even remotely worried about being able to stop, stop him. So, that's why for me, like, it's tough because I really like Jonathan Taylor. But week one – like, I, I think I want to let that situation play out a little bit because they are saying Marlon Mack is the starter, though I do think John Taylor gets opportunities. So for me, I, with just clear path to touches, for me it's Devontae Parker, which normally you'd be like, well, he's going to be seeing Stephon Gilmore against the Patriots, right? But <laughs> Devontae Parker is the only one that has seemed to figure out the uh, that situation there. So, um, yeah, so I think it's Devontae Parker and Deshaun Jackson. I do like Deontay Johnson, though. Like, he is a consideration for me with that. Uh, with that great matchup against the Giants, but I would lean Devontae Parker and Deshaun Jackson. I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor because I think he gets enough touches in that matchup to to give you a flex option consideration. I'm also going to go with Deshaun Jackson. And I, I also like pairing together the the floor and the ceiling there, right? Like Jonathan Taylor might not smash, but he's going to get enough touches against a really bad defense with a really good offensive line, that game script should be in their favor, and then Deshaun Jackson, like uh, like you already mentioned. So those are the two I'm going to go there. I, I would Devontae Parker would normally be in consideration, but he was reported to have that kind of ling- lingering injury. They said it wasn't a big deal, but we still don't know how that's going to look. So just for for week one, I would I would kind of put put Parker to the side, see how he's used, and see if uh, he gets a full complement of snaps there. And those are the two I'm going to roll with. Appreciate you guys jumping in. We are going to move on to the running back position and talk about our sits and starts for week one. Again, we're, we're not gonna not gonna sit here and tell you, you know, you should start Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. No one has time for that. They're, those are guys who you're not gonna be sitting at, you know, in, in any way, shape, or form, no matter what the matchup looks like. But getting into some of these deeper guys here, some guys who I who I like the matchups this week, someone who you can't you can't sit him, especially week one this week. I don't think week one is the week to get cute. But Nick Chubb, I'm I'm not sure how that's going to go with against Baltimore. Not a great de- not a great matchup. Not sure how that. I was just going to say, but before you say anything, I, I know what you're going to say. But like, wasn't that the game that he went absolutely nuclear against last year? I was against Baltimore. I think I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, because that was the game that that Cleveland just smacked the shit out of Baltimore, wasn't it? What was that like week seventeen or something? No, no, no. That- it was early in the season. I remember that. Yeah, it was, was it? earlier in the year. Anyways, regardless, keep going. Yeah, e- either way, we we're not we're not entirely sure how that is going to shake out with Kareem Hunt. How's how's that split going to be used? So again, I'm I'm not going to sit him, but he's someone who you know I think you should have your expectations lowered for week one. A guy a guy that I do like Raheem Mostert going up against Arizona again, just another trash defense. 
We already touched on Jonathan Taylor. He is the Fantasy Pros consensus RB22, which seems a, a little high to be consensus, especially week one. And uh, I'm not even really seeing – and then Marlon Mack at, at 31. That that kind of seems a little a little flip-flop for me. Someone that I'm probably staying away from who who is a little bit higher here, Devin Singletary. I'm still not getting – I'm still not understanding why Devin Singletary is still held in this high regard especially with everything we heard from this offseason. But he's the consensus RB24 right now. I'm probably – I wouldn't be starting him. You didn't spend – you shouldn't have spent high capital on him. So he's someone you can feel comfortable with you know, uh, sitting on your bench this week. I'd rather start Zach Moss than Devin Singletary this week going up against the Jets. I think Zach Moss is going to be the one who handles, you know, the, the grind out the clock work. They said it was going to be more of a – opponent specific kind of thing but i think this one plays into zach moss's hands a little bit better kev someone i want to get your thoughts on we had the question earlier what are you doing with antonio gibson he has been flying up draft boards ever since the the news with guys and then obviously with adrian peterson over the over last week i think i looked earlier and according to uh ff calculator he was at like 602 or something um at 26 in the in the in the consensus here on fantasy pros going up against Philadelphia what do, what would you be doing with Antonio Gibson for week 1 I think it would depend on what else you had to to start over him because it depends on where you would have got him in the draft process right because for some people you may have gotten him in the 12th round for other people that you may have just drafted this weekend you may have had to take him in the 7th round I like Antonio Gibson a lot like I think there's a there's been people that have talked about him and said like Oh, well, you know, and they keep talking about, well, he didn't have a large sample size at Memphis, which he didn't. But the guy has is the requisite size to be uh, an every down back. Like, he's 228 pounds, right? He's not a satellite back. And so, you know, they, you know, Adrian Peterson, which I, a lot of times I try to uh, ignore coach speak, but when Adrian Peterson came out and talked about after he got cut was how he was the perfect fit for this offense and he is the guy for this offense, like that – did a little bit more for me. That percolated a little bit more for me to, to, to know that. So, you know, um, Antonio Gibson is definitely somebody that I would have my eye on and somebody that I would not have any problem with starting in the flex because I, I don't hate this matchup. I don't think the Philly defense doesn't, like, scare me. I think that – and I think this Washington offense could be better than what some people are expecting. I think Dwayne Haskins could take a step forward this year. With Terry McLaurin, we know they don't have a lot past that. Logan Thomas possibly. But for, for this week, like I would if, if I depending on the other options that you had, I would definitely be consider uh, considering starting him. Because he could end up being like number two in targets in this offense as well. Because they just don't really have a whole lot else. They have Steven Sims, which some people are excited about, Antonio Gandy Golden, you know, Logan Thomas, guys like that. So I I think it could end up being wheels up for Antonio Gibson this year. It could end up being kind of a steal and kind of like a parallel of where you got him because a lot of people, if you drafted early, you probably got him super late. And now, I mean, he, now you may have taken him because, like, I saw this weekend, like, he was going like fifth or sixth round this weekend, which is it's like, whoa, like, I didn't see that yeah. early. Like, I thought he was going to go up to like ninth, tenth round uh, after the Adrian Peterson news. But regardless, I still think that the ceiling is definitely there for him. What about any other uh, guys that you are you're potentially sitting? Uh, like I said, I, I mentioned Chubb and maybe just lowering your expectations for him this week. What about someone like Kenyon Drake? I know that you were you were high on him coming into the into this process during the during the offseason. Kenyon Drake going up against San Francisco. I know they mentioned wanting to get Drake involved more in the passing game and get him out into space. 
what are you doing with Kenny and Drake if you uh, if you drafted him? Is is it kind of the same thing with Chubb where you're you're still rolling him? You're not you're not you're not going to sit you're not going to sit him week one and you're just your expectations are lowered. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Like, but I, I'm not even that. I'm not that worried about the San Francisco offense or defense. Excuse me. Um, I think San Francisco they lost a little bit with the trade they made with the Colts. I think that the secondary could take a step back. The secondary played outside of its mind last year. So I think this defense is definitely primed for a little bit of regression. I don't think it's going to be anything massive, but I definitely don't think it's going to be the best in the league. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely fine. You're definitely starting Kenyon Drake, especially week one. I think that, you know, he's somebody that I think that you could feel comfortable with at least this week as a solid RB2. Guys that I probably wouldn't play, which would be tough, it would be like guys like Leonard Fournette, who was just acquired by the Bucks. I think that, you know, this is kind of the opportunity that you hope that Ronald Jones early on produces well and that you can sell high on him because I think Leonard Fournette sooner rather than later is going to take over that backfield. Yeah, I wouldn't play Leonard Fournette. A lot of people probably drafted him high. I know it's a shame, but he's somebody that I would probably try to wait on a little bit, or I would try to acquire as a, as a you know a buy low candidate after a couple of weeks. Like you mentioned, Devin Singletary, I think you could play him if you had him. If you depending on what other options you had, I mean, I think you could play him as like a you know flex option. Uh, he still should get passing work. He gets a great matchup against the Jets. The Jets defense is absolutely trash. I, I do agree that I think overall through the whole season, right now I have Devin Singletary ranked RB28, and I have Zach Moss ranked RB36. Um, so they're they're pretty close to my rankings. I think Philip Lindsay is also starter that you could consider playing this week at at versus Tennessee. I think this is going to be much more of an even backfield split than what people really thought with Melvin Gordon. And so you know I, the guys that I would be nervous about playing this week would be like DeAndre Swift against Chicago. Like I don't know how much of a role he's going to have early on. Carry on Johnson. They brought in Adrian Peterson. So I don't know if I would play DeAndre Swift unless I was in a pinch this week. He's somebody that I'd probably want to leave on the bench at least for week one to kind of see how these, these things play out. But I think Tariq Cohen is definitely in play. Somebody that I absolutely love is James Conner. Uh, I think he has top five upside this week. I think he's somebody that should definitely be in most people's top ten. Um, and a, a terrific matchup against the Giants. I absolutely love him. And so, you know, so, some of these later round guys, some, some, uh, maybe like a flex option, like I, like I mentioned, would be Philip Lindsay. Um, Naheem Hines would certainly be in consideration for me. But that, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, on most of these guys, I think there are some 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 players that I would be going with hesitation, and other guys like I said, Philip Lindsay, Zach Moss, are guys that I would look to play this week, turning depending on what you had. What would you be doing with Todd Gurley? Um, it's not the matchup against Seattle that 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 is worrying me. I guess it's more so of Dirk Cutter came out and said that his the, the floor for him is going to be about fifteen about 15 touches and possibly all the way up to 25, depending on how game script is going. Is Gurley somebody that you would debate on setting week one just to see how everything plays out? Obviously, depending on what kind of options you have behind him and where you took Gurley, maybe you just went wide receiver heavy and he's your RB1, which in that case, you're probably going to be starting him. But if he's like your RB2, maybe even RB3, depending on when you drafted is Gurley somebody that you would think about sitting just for week one and kind of see how everything pans out? No. <laughs> it, it, not against this matchup. I mean, Seattle's defense is certainly something that doesn't scare me either. Um, right. I mean, they, with losing Jadavion Clowney, you know, uh, I think they're going to have one of the worst, if not, you know, they're going to have one of the worst pass rushes in all of football, to be honest with you. And so I know they added Jamal Adams in the back end of that secondary. He's somebody that kind of can play, come up and, and, and play. 
um, get into the box or anything else. But no, like I'm not worried about that. I think Todd Gurley, like I said, this is the one of the nut matchups of the entire weekend. And so, yeah, I have no problem playing Todd Gurley. I'm playing him with with utmost confidence. Before we transition over to wide receiver, uh, we had a question from Corey James. Are you rolling with Jared Cook or Jack Doyle at the tight end position? I'd probably go Jack Doyle, to be honest with you. Um, great matchup against Jacksonville. They lost Trey Burton to IR, so any concern with maybe splitting time is gone. And early on, like I think that, you know, we know that Philip Rivers loves his tight end and, you know, developing rapport with some of these other guys like Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, all, you know, with, with I think Jack Doyle could end up being a guy who, you know, I think gets seven, seven, seven or eight targets this weekend. And, you know, I like Jared Cook a lot, but I like Jared Cook as well, but for me, I, I would be Jack Doyle this weekend. I think this is just too good of a matchup to pass up with him. I'm rolling with Jared Cook there. So if somebody in the uh, in the chat wants to be our tiebreaker, uh, I, I think I think everything you said about Doyle, I would put with Cook. Like I, I think I just think that's a better matchup, better game script. I could see the the Colts just jumping out to jumping out to a lead over the Jags. Obviously, it's not that matchup per se that that is going to to have me hesitant on him. I like Jack Doyle as a as a season long option. We he had that. Uh, had that neck injury that kept him sidelined, so maybe he didn't, he didn't have a lot of time to build up that rapport with Phillip Rivers, and I just think that's, that is going to be a heavy, heavy run game for the Colts in week one, and that's why I said I was I liked uh, Jonathan Taylor for one of the questions that we got that we got earlier. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I just think that there's a little bit more there uh, for Jared. Uh, if there's a little bit more target um, competition now with adding Emmanuel Sanders, with, with a healthy Alvin Kamara. I think it could be Traquan. I mean, you know, this another guy, uh, Traquan Smith. I think uh, could be Traquan Smith season this year. But I don't mm. know. I just think I just I just like Jack Doyle a little bit more. I think they're both great plays this weekend, and somebody that I would I would feel fine to start with either one. But I just lean a little bit more Jack Doyle. Got it. moving on to wide receiver. We're going to start with, like I said, with, with the deeper guys. That's how we're going to do things here on the TFA airwaves. So outside of like the your top twenty, top twenty four. Uh, Will Fuller, we already touched on. He is consensus wide receiver 27. I, we both like that matchup a lot. And, hey, he's healthy right now, so start him while you got him. Looking through some of these other matchups, uh, Tyler Boyd is, I think, going to – he's wide receiver 32 consensus. Obviously, it's been one of my guys throughout the throughout the whole offseason, but I do like that matchup with, you know, with him in the slot versus the Chargers. So I, I do like that. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, uh, Kev. I'd like to get your thoughts on on that matchup going going up against Baltimore. Obviously, they added Marcus Peters. They have, um, oh man, who's the other quarterback? I can't think of right now. Uh, Marlon Humphrey. They obviously have Marlon Humphrey on the other side, so that might not be a great matchup. But that the uh, the target competition is super consolidated there with with uh, with Cleveland. So. I mean, both those guys are probably looking at 25 to 28% of the, the target share over the year. We touched on Matt Stafford a little bit earlier, but Marvin Jones, I still think, is a, is a good option. A consensus wide receiver 35 right now. Brandon Cooks, I'm, I'm probably sitting 
just because we're, we're not entirely sure of if he's going to get the full workload or not with that quad injury. So he's someone I would probably look to pass on. You're probably not in any, any dire straight to be starting him week one anyway because of the depth of the position, uh, you know, in, in 2020. Jamison Crowder, again, all the targets coming his way, even going up against Buffalo. That That's not a matchup that it really worries me because – Crowder is going to be functioning out of the slot for the most part. So I don't think he's going to see too much of Tredavious White. So that I'm not worried about that at all. Christian Kirk going up against San Fran, kind of the kind of the same thing there with kind of expect him to be to be in the slot. I'm not really not entirely sure. Maybe I, I think he's gonna split some time inside and outside. I know you are a big Darius Slayton guy. The game script should at least be in their favor. I'm not sure who he's gonna match up with. On the outside there, but Sterling Shepard is someone I'm probably more interested in if they're going to put him in the slot. Touched on the Miami-New England game earlier. I do like Preston Williams, even though I'm a little bit further down on Devontae Parker. He's someone who I think you could fire up. Alan Lazard going up against Minnesota. Their corners are going to be their weak spot on that defense. Obviously, with bringing in uh, Ngakwe. Their D-line is pretty loaded with, with the Vikings, with Daniel Hunter on the other side. They still have a really good linebacker pairing. Their safeties are good, but the corners, I think, is where they're going to have the, the weak spot in that defense. And outside of outside of Devontae Adams, who's going to be getting the targets there? I think Alan Zard has set up really nicely as their wide receiver, too. Um, is there Kev, what what are you what are you thinking so far whenever you're looking at the at the wide receivers? Anyone that's jumping out to you as someone that you are fading that maybe is sitting a little bit higher. And there is there anybody who's sitting lower that you were higher on versus consensus? Well, I know one player that I'm really high on compared to consensus, and that's Greg Ward. Um, I have Greg Ward at wide receiver 34 this week, and I think that for most places I've seen, he's at like wide receiver 100. Um, I think that's ridiculous. I think all signs point to him at the very least being the slot wide receiver uh, against Washington. And like I said, I, you know whether it's a matchup against Kendall Fuller or whoever else. Uh, wherever they deploy him, I think Greg Ward is in a fine spot this week. And so I like Greg Ward a lot compared to probably everybody else. I just think that this is a good matchup for him um, week one. And with not a lot of other targets there, you know, basically him and Deshaun Jackson, like I like Greg Ward. So I have him. I think Deontay Johnson is a borderline wide receiver three this week. Definitely in consideration as a flex play in three wide receiver leagues. Uh, you know, if you look at the Giants last year, the Giants allowed the six most receptions to, to wide receivers and the second most touchdowns to the position last year. They didn't really do a whole lot to um, to make to, to make me feel any differently about that secondary. So I, I like the Steelers a lot this weekend. I think this is somewhere that I, you know, whether like I said in DFS that I'm going to be all over this matchup. But I like Deontay Johnson. I think he's someone that you can look at to play in the flex. Um, you know, guys like Marvin Jones, I think, is certainly available. Somebody that I would be looking at playing there as well, um, whether that's a wide receiver three or a flex spot. Um, Anthony Miller is somebody that I think that going against Detroit, they lost um, uh, Darius Slay, but they Slay. did obviously, you know, bring in the number three overall pick, uh, Kuda. Um, but I think expecting him to really catch on week one, I think, is going to be tough. Um, especially with they've had no, uh, you know, no repetition against any other team, just, you know, just practice. So I wouldn't be, I'm not really worried about facing that either. So I think Anthony Miller is certainly in play as somebody that I would look to play as a flex option. Jamison Crowder against Buffalo uh, is not going to be seeing Tredavious White uh, as he is going to be running from the flex. And 
let's be honest, I think he could get 10 to 12 targets this week. You know, um, Jamison Crowder every single week is probably going to be in play for them. You know, Sam Darnold loves Jamison Crowder. I think Jamison Crowder is somebody that I would be looking to play as a flex. Uh, and if he was available in any leagues, I would certainly look to add him because I think he's going to be a target monster this year for them. Um, I think a guy like Henry Ruggs, I think you could play in the flex. Somebody, you know, who could get three catches for 80 yards and a touchdown against this absolutely horrific, horrific Carolina defense. Like this, de- like this, uh, th- this defense is going to be so bad this year. And I think that's why I think that Derek Carr could cook this week. I think Henry Ruggs is in play. Darren Waller's in play. And I even think you can play Brad, uh, um, Brian Edwards, I don't think you're going to have a need to play Brian Edwards week one because I can't imagine your team is in that situation starting out week one. But once bye weeks and everything gets here, I think Brian Edwards is somebody that I would look to have as well. But he is widely available in most leagues. But, yeah, I think those are the guys for me that kind of in that slot. I think another guy that actually that I'm really excited about this week that is Stefan Diggs uh, going against the Jets. Like, I, I think he is a solid wide receiver too this week um, for this team. I think that he is somebody that I would be looking to t- uh, to start no matter what this week. Uh, I like I said at worst, I think he's a wide receiver three. Depending on where you drafted him, he might be your wide receiver four. And I would definitely want to fire him up as a wide receiver three or a flex this week. Someone who's sitting up higher that I would I would absolutely be sitting this week is going to be AJ Green. I know I talked about Tyler Boyd as someone who has a, a better matchup. AJ Green won the injury. Apparently, he's going to be a full go for Week One, but I, I don't know. And, until I see it, I'm not going to be trusting AJ Green in any way, shape, or form. Again, going up against the LA Chargers, he's someone who I would look to be look to be sitting, and someone who I'm just I really don't know how I feel about this entire offense as a whole. On the other side of the ball, Keenan Allen. Obviously, there's not a lot of target competition, especially if Mike Williams is going to be sitting out. But in this matchup, in a game that you would expect them to, to be able to control, I just don't know how many targets he's going to see overall. Uh, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with you know with what they have on the other side with Cincy. But at, at wide receiver 20, again, according to Fantasy Pros Consensus Weekly Rankings, that just seemed a, a little bit high for me. So I think you you probably have some better options that have that have higher upside that I might think about starting over Keenan Allen. But again, it, it's it's not the matchup itself. It's just that man, I I do not have high hopes for this offense in any way, shape, or form. We had a uh, we had a question from Ryan in the chat. Week one, Metcalf or Woods? I love I, I like DK Metcalf, but it's Woods. For sure, for me, which is tough because, like I said, I love that matchup, that, that Seattle matchup. But it would be Woods. Like I would ask, is there a flex option we can get in here that we can fit in DK? Because like I like DK Metcalf for this Week One matchup against against Atlanta, but I would still play Woods over him. As much as I love Metcalf, I, I'm going to roll Woods there too. With with what we saw toward the end of the year with with LA and how they were running that offense, if you know. Kev is, isn't exactly buying in on the on the heavy 12 personnel, two tight end sets. But either way, that, that wasn't going to affect Woods negatively uh, at all, even if they did come out and do that. Uh, so, it's, like I said, you, you can't really go wrong either way, but the, the matchup and everything definitely is, uh, is, is a point to Woods' favor there. We have, a, we, have a, we have a first trade question of the season. 
Would Connor and Preston Williams for Clyde Edwards Hilaire be a good trade? As much as I like uh, James Connor this year, and I like Preston Williams as well, those are two guys that I really like. I like if you're getting Clyde Edwards Hilaire for that, I, I would take that deal. Absolutely. Um, if yeah. if you're if you're able to give up Connor and Williams and get Clyde, absolutely do that. If someone else offered that to you. I hope you already hit accept and you're just you're hoping for some positive affirmation here, but that's absolutely something that, that you should be doing. Connor, you can't you can't count on in any way, shape, or form. And Preston Williams, as much as we like him, he's gonna be uh, you know, he's he's someone who I would have no issue parting with and uh and getting someone like Clyde in return. Kev, we got a uh, we got a keeper question. You are our keeper guy, so I'll let you handle this one. Someone's first year doing a keeper league. We choose our keepers in the off season. Do I approach keeper league trades the same as redraft? No, it's a little bit different because depending on what what you're trading, because of the fact that as it, well, it depends on the keeper league, right? Because if, if you don't have any restrictions on how long you can keep the player, then I mean, obviously, getting a guy like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and you're trading him for, I don't know, I, I, just another running back that's 26, 27, that age difference, right? So it is a little bit like a dynasty outlook in terms of age versus, you know, talent and situation and everything else. So for me, like, yes, like it, you definitely, it's not the same as a redraft because you, you are obviously able to keep those guys for future seasons. And so one thing that I try to do, depending on how, again, every keeper league is different. That's the thing I love about keeper leagues. There's so, there's so many variations that you can do with them is I try to take my whole entire roster and let's say you're able to keep four players and let's say there's a player that you're, you're really wanting. I will take my like five, I'll take five or six guys that I'm not keeping plus maybe a guy that I was going to keep and go to a owner who maybe, maybe all they have is Josh Jacobs or something. And you know, they had a bad draft and everything else. And I will offer all those pieces that I wasn't going to keep or to, to get to get something like that. that's what i did last year that's how i got saquon barkley and i just traded him like eight players but i was going to keep any of them but one which was one of them was julio jones that's what i got saquon it helped that guy out because his team went from trash to you know having some actual pieces versus you know me which i didn't need that so it so yes it, it is much different than a redraft like i would not just be trading guys trade guys like i would want if you're if you are starting to see your team maybe not make the playoffs then I would start to look to maybe see if there are any trades you can make or over the offseason, the same thing. Can you position yourself to help yourself out? So, yes, I, you definitely approach them differently than a redraft because the redraft is just that one year versus keeper league. You keep that guy for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years or whatever. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. So we're going to move on to tight end. We're going to try and wrap this up. Kev, we're up. We're, we're doing pretty good here, buddy. Normally these, these start sit shows, we end up dragging out for an hour and a half, two hours sometimes. So we're, uh, we're, we're looking, we're looking good here for, for week one, despite the, uh, despite our late start. Um, again, with, with week one, there's so much up in the air. The COVID stuff just made it 10 times worse than, than what a normal year would be. There's not too many matchups, especially for tight end that really jump out to me as guys that you should be, Looking at sitting, especially with your tight end ones that you spent, you know, whatever capital on, whether you went early and grabbed a Kittle or a Kelsey or you held on for a little bit. But maybe some outside of maybe like Austin Hooper, maybe you took him as your tight end one or like a, a Mike Gusecki. Those might be the only guys who you who I would be looking at as potentially 
sitting this week in favor for some guys that you know you might be able to just stream for week one. Guys like Chris Herndon, we already talked about that matchup and how I feel about that. Um, Jack Doyle, who was brought up, even Eric Ebron, heard a lot of good things about him coming out of camp in Pittsburgh. Blake Jarwin, the the, the Rams lost uh, a bunch of defensive pieces. They lost Corey Littleton, who was one of their stud linebackers, who, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, did fared pretty well in coverage. So they're missing him. Blake Jarwin could be someone sneaky. I think he's uh, rostered in less than 30% of leagues. Kev, your guy, Jonu Smith, going going up against Denver. I know they have some solid safety pieces there, but I'm not sure what kind of linebackers they're going to be able to have to be able to keep up with Jonu. Um, are, are there any of the top guys at the tight end position that you're looking at potentially sitting for week one, or are there just some guys who may be a little bit deeper down who who you might be looking at in terms of, of, of streaming for week one? Yeah, no, you're not sitting. I mean, George Kittle was in the absolute best spot. He possibly, I mean, they get Arizona, which we know that anybody that played DFS last year, you targeted Arizona every week, whoever that was. It could be CJ Uzoma uh, as a starting tight end going against Arizona, and you wanted to play them because Arizona was so bad against tight ends and nothing's really, not a whole lot's changed there. So, And it's George Kittle. So, uh, yeah, I mean, no, I'm fine with – I mean, you're starting George Kittle, you're starting Kelsey, you're starting Andrew, you're starting Zach Arch, you're starting Darren Waller. 100% in on, on Hunter Henry this week. Hayden Hurst is, is somebody you should be playing. So, I mean, all those guys you drafted probably within the first eight, nine rounds you're playing. I mean, you're right. I think Austin Hooper is somebody that I would consider not playing. Uh, that secondary is still very good. And the Ravens actually allowed the fewest fantasy points to the position last year. They only allowed 4.7 fantasy points per game. That's just not what you're looking for. And so... Um, that for this one week, I probably wouldn't want to play Hooper. Um, if, if, if I can help it, like you mentioned, John New Smith, who's widely available. Um, I think he's only rostered in like 20% of leagues. I love John New Smith. TJ Hawkinson, I like. I think he's somebody that, that can take a really big step forward this year. I have him as a top 10 tight end this week going in Chicago. And like I already, you know, Jack Doyle, love Jack Doyle this week. I think you can play Blake Jarwin and feel, uh, Decent about it. But let's be real. With tight ends, you don't need a ton, right? A guy goes out there and gets you three for 40 in a touchdown. You are ecstatic. You are happy. You are, let, let's go. Because, like, you know, uh, you don't need a ton from a tight end position, you know, um, unless you drafted a George Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews, or Ertz, guys like that. But um, everybody else, you know, if they get you that eight to 12 fantasy points, you are pretty good about. So I think those are the guys that are in the best spots this week. And, of course, you know, my guy. <laughs> We we oh we just got a couple of a uh, couple of tight end questions rolling in. Uh, first first let's jump over to to Queso who who asked a, a wide receiver question real quick. Would you roll with Terry McLaurin going up against potentially Darius Slay or DJ Chark going up against the Colts? I already gave my two cents. I said Chark just because of the 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 one on one matchup there. I would expect McLaurin to be shadowed by Slay, who the uh, who the Eagles obviously landed this off season. Well, that's 100% Terry McLaurin. I am all in on it. I think he gets, I mean, he could get 15 targets in this game, 18 targets. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. I love Terry McLaurin. All right. Uh, One more wide receiver question. Deshaun Jackson or Julian Edelman as Jim's wide receiver three? That's tough. I'd probably go with upside and go with Deshaun Jackson like we've kind of talked about. I think that ceiling is uh, certainly higher than Julian Edelman's is. That's tough, though, because Julian Edelman could also get 
12 to 14 targets this week with I mean, who else do they have there in New England going yeah. against. But I will say that the Miami secondary is much improved with, with everything they did with this offseason. Uh, they still have Xavier Howard, and then they brought in Byron Jones, and they really did a lot to really improve that defense. So that's a tough one, but I would probably go with Deshaun Jackson based off matchup and just – I think um, I think even even if he only gets eight to nine targets, I think Deshaun Jackson. I think he's a pretty good bet for a touchdown this weekend. Waller or Jonu Smith? I would go Waller. Uh, matchup's fantastic going against Carolina. Like I just think it's everything that you're looking for, uh, and from a tight end, I think the potential to have uh, high scoring is there. And so, as much as I love Jonu, uh, I would I would just I would slightly lean more higher on Waller. I might roll Johnny there just because of the the target competition. That and that, that, that re- feels a little bit like to me though that it, it's like a seventeen to fourteen, twenty to to fourteen type game, um, right? And which would then lead to obviously that we could see that Ryan Tannehill throws the ball twelve times. This because that's kind of what they do. If it's a yeah. you know a good game script, right. they will lean on that defense. And who they just added, Jadavian Clowney, but he's still going to be behind. He hasn't played all off season. Um, this is the first reps he's getting, but yeah, I, I, I just that's probably why I would lean more towards him. One more Johnu question: Johnu Smith or Hayden Hurst? Uh, Hayden Hurst. I want, like I said, I, I want yeah. all that, all, all of that game. Like uh, any whatever ways I can get uh, action on it. Like that's why I even think like if this was like week eight, we'd be talking about Russell Gage. Right, like if this was just bye weeks going on, because I like I think Russell Gage is also somebody that could low key get ten points this week. He's somebody that we kind of talked about a lot that a lot of people were overlooking a little bit in this offense as the the wide receiver three, and he's going to be the wide receiver three. And this this matchup is just so good, so it's definitely Hayden Hurst. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm rolling Hurst there over Johnu Smith. So, Kev, any uh any parting words, any any words of advice for Week One or the the matchups in general? Let's uh let's you know let's 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 end this um you know any just any any overall general thoughts for for Week One? For I'll, I'll jump in real quick. For me, it is don't get cute with Week One with as little as we normally know on a normal you know 2019 or hopefully 2021 is more normal in terms of you know what we get you know football wise. Week one is not is not the not the week to be cute. If you have a if you have something that's close, definitely drop your questions in here. You know on on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and everywhere else. We'll we'll make sure we definitely get to all of these. Join our Slack channel, especially we uh, that that is still for free for you guys. You can find that in the in the description below. Um, but th- that that to me is, is my overall my overarching week one advice is just just don't get cute. The the guys that you drafted early, play your guys early. I I am normally a matchup based kind of person. I will I will never live this down in my home dynasty league. There was a year two years ago, two or three years ago, I can't remember what it was now, that I st- <laughs> I started Austin Safarian Jenkins over. Leonard Fournette in my flex because of the matchup. It was I. It was Fournette's rookie year. Now I remember it's Fournette's rookie year. He was banged up, missing some time, and um, ASJ was going up against the Broncos. So I, I will always play matchups, but Week One in 2020, with all the the craziness that we have, you know, that we've had to deal with at this point, don't get cute. Week One. 
Kev, what 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 say you to the TFA fam? Yeah, that's what I was gonna. I mean, that that's certainly one. Uh, is don't try to get too cute with it. There's not a lot we know right now. We we don't know a lot, anyways. And this week is like the quintessential we don't know because there's we just have very little to go off of. We have training camp stuff, and that's about it. So um, I would probably try to play it as straightforward as possible this week, kind of let things play out a little bit, so we can kind of start seeing how things play out. Um, like you mentioned with the comments, like YouTube, uh, you know, leave as many as you want. Like we, we will always answer. I don't, there's, I spent all weekend answering questions for people and I would write like paragraphs back to people. I'm not just going to write you a one word response. So if you have a question, be sure to drop them in our, in, in any video on any comment, we will always get back to you 100%. You can take that to the bank guaranteed. I know some people were like, well, sign up for a Patreon and I'll answer your question. I'm like, no, fuck that. Like we're here to help people. Like, you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't be asking me to pay you to answer a, a damn question. So, regardless of that. And the other thing, low key, this is the real tip that I think most people should take for the season is listen to DFS podcasts. I don't care if you play DFS or not. If you are just a strictly redraft dynasty guy, listen to DFS podcasts every single week. Listen, find one that you like because they will. They dig so much deeper into the matchups than your typical redraft. Uh, because there's because in a redraft we have so many more uh, aspects where um, DFS is much more narrowed down, and you're gonna get exactly how good of a play s- certain guys are. Because like for us, we often say start your subs. I don't always believe. I think there are certain times you should maybe think about not depending on who that guy is in the matchup. But I think DFS is the most underrated aspect that people should be utilizing because of how deep that DFS players go. That we're, we're we're talking about guys like. Dan Arnold and stuff like that, and Tyler Croft and guys that people, like most redraft players may not be considering or thinking about, or certain aspects of, of of matchups and stuff like that, where I think it kind of separate you and give you a little bit more of an edge on that flex play and stuff like that because we get much more deeper in DFS because we're dealing with money and we're much more hyper focused on that one week versus you know the overarching you know season. So that's why I always say listen to DFS, listen to a DFS podcast. We have one. It's called the DFS DJ Nation Pod. We'll be going live most every week Thursdays, but this week we're doing Tuesday. I 100% think that that's what most people should be doing. And I think it's such a I think it's such a great tip for people that that play redraft that that don't really think about it. Well, I don't play DFS. I'm not going to listen. I think that there's so many good aspects of listening to a DFS pod. Other than that, just hit that like, hit that subscribe button because we're here to win championships, and that's what we're going to do this year. And we'll do whatever it takes to help you. Like I said, I'll answer every single question you have. Trade question, start sit waiver question, whatever it is, we'll answer it every single time. Absolutely, and I love that call on the DFS pods. Those are honestly the only pods I listen to during the season. There is nothing that's going to prepare you better, answer any questions you have, like you said, diving deep into all the matchups and everything like that. So I uh, that, that, that is a great call there, Kev. So other than that, guys, we really appreciate all of you jumping in. Please be sure to subscribe, like Kev said, especially to our YouTube channel, that way you'll get notified whenever we go live. Follow us on Twitter at FF underscore authority. You can find us on Instagram, the fantasy authority, facebook.com slash fantasy authority. You can find us all there. You can, you know, rate review any feedback, even, even the feedback that we don't want to hear. There were a bunch of you who jumped into the, the YouTube comments and said something about the, the background music being too loud. We appreciate that too. Obviously we're putting in a bunch of work to this. So we want you to actually be able to hear the advice that, that, that we're hitting you with. So all the feedback, we appreciate all you guys. We're, we're super excited to do this 16 more times this week. And uh, hit us up, and we will we'll talk to you guys soon. Later.
Whatever.